Hi, this is Tracy Spears, and welcome to our podcast, Real Life Leadership with Tracy Spears. I should always wait to say that, I guess, right? No? Maybe. Okay. Well, today's guest, I'm super excited, is Anna Maddox. And uh, I, I have really been looking forward to this for a couple of reasons. One is we've actually tried to do this two other times. I know, and it hasn't worked. It didn't work out. Um, the second time it didn't work out, though, I'm still laughing about. And I know you're yeah. probably not laughing out, but I didn't even ask you how that ended. So, oh, that was fine. It was, I, it was fine. I, I entered a parking garage not knowing I had kayak racks on because I was driving my husband's vehicle. Yes. So kind of heard the scrape and was like, oh, I'm not going to fit in the parking garage. This is not going to go well. Oh. So thankfully not too much damage. Okay. So. To the marriage or the kayak. <laughs> yes, marriage or the kayak. <laughs> Considering he just did. <sighs> he just backed into a tree with our trailer. Oh, no. $18,000 have to replace the roof. You are kidding. No. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know I can't laugh too loudly because of what I did to yeah. our travel trailer, but you just bought that. I know. Okay. So I'm not going to say you're Thank goodness for even. insurance. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. So l- later I'm going to ask more questions okay. about that or maybe today. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. So, uh, so the reason that, that I wanted to have you today, other than I think you have this really incredibly interesting life, is we have this business relationship. Yes. And I think, and I've learned a lot from you and Jason, and I wanted to talk a little bit about that. So let's tell the, the listeners, first of all, what your company is. Give us whatever you want to talk about, about your organization. So, sure. That's great. It's Zealot Branding. Okay. Um, just, well, just celebrated our fourth year. Mm. Oh, I so, was one of your new first clients then. Yes. yes. Maybe our fifth. Nice. Yes. I, no, our... Anyway. Yeah, yeah either way. Fourth anyway. or fifth. Fourth yeah. or fifth year. Yeah. Um, it was a merging of... I was I had a previous business on the West Coast, and he had his freelance kind of business here. And so it was a merging of our companies to create Zealot Branding. Okay. So we're full service marketing and branding, uh, big focus. Jason's heart and passion is branding and design. That was his background and study. And so, and I brought in a lot of social and digital aspects to it. So kind of merging those together. So, I mean, you merged more than a business together. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, right. let's just, just let them know. So you, you meet each other, you have these two different jobs and you decide... Right. To get married. Well, we'd known each other 12 years and had worked with some mutual clients over those 12 years. Hadn't seen each other in six, had always been friends, would talk to each other. But I was on the West Coast. He was in Oklahoma. Um, And a previous client I'd had in Tulsa um, reached out to me and was like, hey, we'd love to talk to you when we're in Portland. And that turned into me coming to Tulsa, reconnecting with him. And we started a business before we officially started dating. Really? Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. So I thought you met and I thought all that preceded the business. So, wow. So you started working together and still fell in love. And (laughs) well, and we knew we were attracted to each other. Yes. Like, and so we're like, okay, well, what if this didn't company-wise work out? Yeah. And I was like, I get that that's risky, but I'm somebody I... I don't tend to live my life with a lot of regrets. And I'm like, if you don't jump and leap at something, mm-hmm. you don't know what the opportunity is going to be. And so I was like, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Like, I have known you long enough, like 12 years in, of friendship, that even if we didn't turn into anything, you and I have always wanted to do business together. So it would, it would, and it that did survive. Yes. So it's both partnerships are, are alive and <laughs> yes. well. Good, good. So why Zealot Branding? What, what, how did you end up with that name? 
So honestly, we were in the raw on Brookside, and we were brainstorming names. And um, just kind of, you know, there's a couple of things when you're naming a business. So not just do you like a name, is the domain available? Are the social media handles available? All of these things go into that process. So first you start with what sounds good, what do we like? And you're also thinking about, well, what, what do we represent and what do we want for our clients? And so we're thinking about things like Apple and they're like the people who are all about Apple products are zealous for their products. Like oh. they are zealots sold out for Apple. And so part of that name for us was that we wanted to help turn our clients, um, whether it's their fans or followers okay. or their audience into zealots for them. Interesting. So that's kind of where the name came from. You do, so I've never asked you that question. Yeah. But everybody always assumes that it's more of a spiritually based, right. but that's not the case. No. Hmm. Well, I won't comment on that, uh, but <laughs> I'm going to say that's good to know. <laughs> that's interesting that I have never asked you that, but everyone always asks me yeah. when I refer you. So interesting. Uh, it is interesting. And I always go, you know, I don't know. You know, I never, I never, yeah. you know, think to comment about it. So, so what you, so we meet and, um, as you know, we, we were looking for a company to kind of bring together. So we started Exceptional Leaders Lab as people, you know, probably know listening in. And so we were looking for a partner, not just somebody that was a vendor, right? right. We, we'd had those before. And I just want to say thank you because oh, you all no. have been such a great partner to us. And it's had a few different iterations as yes. um, what I've appreciated about your organization is that you've iterated with us. Right. Like you mm. said, um, you know, uh, if, if this isn't what you need right now, great. Let's step back. And then when you need us again. So I don't know that flexibility, I assume, is why you you have a lot of people that or I assume knocking down your door to do business with you. Um, but I just want you to know that Wally and I really have appreciated that about you. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Of it's, course. I think it's one of the things for us that was pretty core to who we are as a company is we look to build relationship with our clients. And if it's something that's just transactional, it doesn't end up feeling, it doesn't gel super well for us because that's not how we are. And because we kind of like to go all in for a client and yes, you do. we love them and we become passionate and we're like, all right, let's get to know them. And what is that? Because if the better we know somebody, the easier it is to help convey what they want yeah. um, to who they're reaching. So for us, the relationship, to, and we're just both relationship driven. And so to me, I feel that goes a lot further. Yeah. Well, and I don't know if everyone's, if it's obvious to everyone what you do. So like you, you did our website, you yes. do, you drive our social media uh, strategy. I know you're doing a lot around that, but you do more than that for clients. So your organization will come in and you've tried to help us with messaging and with taglines and what's the overall strategy. So um, so a branding company or a branding organization, mm -hmm. I know they can't be all things to all companies, but you all pretty much play in most of the spaces. You've done some brochures for us. You, right. Um, I think also the fact that, you know, you'll come to one of my sessions and sit there for an entire day to capture a couple of video clips or to get a better appreciation for the deliverable. And I know you've done that on your dime. Um, I know you've charged us some too, which you should, but I, I think just... I don't know. I just appreciate that. I don't think a lot of business owners approach their business with that. I think a lot of times people that my experience has been that they're like, if we can't monetize it, we're not going to do it. And I know there's got to be a tipping point at some point where you all must have sat down and said, oh, my gosh, you know, our business now we've gotten so many clients. We've got to be better about that. Is that is that all true? Yes. And, and, and it's kind of 
it has to be a blend because there's sometimes we've been like, okay, where we're making great money with a client, but it's not a good fit mm-hmm. relationship wise. Or it's, we had one we let go because it was too taxing on our staff because they were abrasive and they weren't kind and they were difficult to work with. Oh. And it was like, this might be great for the bank account, but like I, it's not great, great for my staff. Like they're having stress. I'm having stress. We met with our business consultant and he's like, no business is worth that. Like right. no client's worth that. And especially I think it, we're in a unique situation as a spouse owning a company, spouses owning a company, because then if one of us, like I wanted to let that client go, Jason mm-hmm. didn't want to in the beginning mm. because he's so, I don't know if you know much about the Enneagram. Uh, of course I do. So he's a nine, which That's is all so about funny. peacemaker Yes, and not wanting any kind of conflict and all about preserving relationship. Okay, so that's Jason. Yes. You are not an I. I'm not an I. I'm a two with an eight wing. So I can be more bossy and what what is is an eight? uh, uh, What's the challenging kind of, but a two is my core, which is the servant hearted and giving. Okay. But when I need to, I can go to that eight. Yeah. And so I was like, this isn't healthy for the staff. It's not healthy for me. And so I quit the part of the business I was working on and fired that client first and then Jason finished the project and let them go okay but sometimes that has to happen and then we have some where it may not be as profitable for us but the relationship is so good and we're bought in enough that it's like we want to keep them because that we like this did you just describe us maybe maybe okay (laughs) (laughs) I mean it's such a mix because we have clients that we love that we definitely give a break to and then and it's worth that for the relationship or referral yeah you know and so and then we have some that it's like as business owners we know we have to get better about charging more I think a lot of us have a hard time valuing what we're worth and what our time is worth and what we can sell that for listen you you say a lot of us I think everybody that's a small business owner that's uh, you know trying to build a business probably undervalued use their services until some point where you have to start raising your prices because uh, that's the only way for you to, you know, continue to be sustainable. Like you can't take on too many clients where the ROI is so low. Right. And so it kind of forces, I always think of hairdressers when I think of this, right? Yes. Like, you know, like you're busy. Okay, well raise your prices. And then all of a sudden, if even if you lose 20%, if you've raised your prices enough, your actual bottom line, you're profiting more than 20%. That's a strategy that a right. lot of businesses never really can cross over into. Um, as, as somebody that consults with a lot of small businesses, I see that. I also see people not being smart about what you're talking about, which is segmenting their clients. Mm. Like you can't, and I, I'm, my guess is you've had this conversation with your staff, which is we can't offer the same level of response to somebody that is, um, you know, a C client. Right. But if somebody's an A client, you mean, you know, you better get back to them same day. You right. better, you know, there's there's some strategies within that. So I'm guessing you all have done that, you know, strategically. Yes. Yes, okay. absolutely. Okay. And I think, you know, it's we're a small business, but we have some team members. But I know like we had a particular client that we won that was out of state and they interviewed local agencies. But one of our designers is in that city. He was the lead connect for us. But when we went in and met with them, the owners of the company are like, okay, who are we talking to mm. when we need something? Like, are you just here for this meeting and we're getting pushed off to like somebody low on the totem pole? And it's like, no, you will have us. And that was a big enough client for us. It's like, you'll have Jason and I's cell phone numbers. Like, and again, no, they get a, a different deal. level, yeah. you know, because of who they are. Um, but they chose to go with an out-of-state company because we focused more on relationship and it was going to be us 
not being handed down to somebody small. But so, you know, when when we're looking at the client, we're kind of picking and choosing because then there's clients that I'm like, I'm going to take in one of my staff and I'll be like, this is going to be your core person. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be me. Right. And so it is that kind of segmenting and what's going to be better for this client and for the company. And then new clients coming in do have higher prices because they aren't coming in at where we were before. We know there's more value now and are feeling better about charging that. (laughs) Boy, am I glad I was an early, we're an early client. (laughs) Well, I I do think that people don't appreciate that when the person that walks in the door and sells them is not the person they ever talk to again. Right. right? So if you're representing that from the beginning, what, what other things have you learned? So Mm -hmm. as a, as a small business, um, you know, owner, what have been the big lessons for you and Jason in the last, you know, three or four years now that you've been, you know, doing this? Right. I think one of the hardest for me, um, going back to the Enneagram is a two mm-hmm. and I'm very relational and he's very relational. Um, most people make friends with their coworkers. Okay. Well, my coworkers are my employees. And that's been really hard because we've had some come and go that haven't worked. And then I have one in particular who I definitely call a friend, but then that's hard if you ever have to have tough conversations and, you know, walking in that well. But at the same time, I think that can go far uh, like learning, I've always been big on treating our employees really well. And so, you know, we give raises when we can, and if we can give bonuses, we give bonuses and like presents when we come back from trips, you know, I just try to make people feel oh. valued. Um, and I think that's really important because we are small, so we don't have all the big benefits of some bigger companies, but I think that's, that's a hard one is it's like, okay, I suddenly am not having a space here to make friends cause they all work for me. Mm-hmm. And so that was a unique thing for me differently, I think here in Oklahoma, because in Oregon, I already had my friends when I had that company. Right. And then I moved Ah, here and suddenly that was a very different scenario for me from when I've owned a company in the past. Well, I think it's hard though. I think, I think, I think what you just said, everybody that is, um, new to leadership that they go through that experience, even if it's not that they've moved in from another state, it's that they were most of the time promoted from a um, you know, a position where they were peers with somebody and now they're leading them. Right. So you have that same dynamic, which is how can you create some space to have those conversations and to create the boss relationships? Right. So, uh, it's unique. It yeah. is not easy. It's not and, easy. You know, tears can come to eyes. And because I'm not a, because I am that touchy feely kind of yep. person, it can be harder for me. Thankfully, I have the eight, so I can. <laughs> bring yeah. that if I need to. But um, I, yeah, that's been a unique one I wasn't expecting necessarily hmm. with this iteration of a, owning a business. Interesting. So what, so give us an idea of like, when you think of somebody that you want to do business with, right. and then think of somebody that you just don't, because <laughs> you mentioned somebody that was difficult. Right. Um, and do you have, and I, I mean, I've never even asked you this, or never even thought about this. Do, do you have like a, you know, a prototype that says, this is the client that we're looking for. Have you gone through exercises like that to say this, this is the sweet spot for us so that you can get more dialed into what is the perfect client? Or do you just, has it just kind of, you know, um, come to that where you kind of know that now? Some How of, it, some of it's morphed. We're actually getting ready to go through that for this year. Okay. Like, cause we are wanting to kind of shift a little bit of one of our cores of business. Um, and so we're looking at, okay, who do we want to go after really trying to, because as you said, you can't be all things to all people. And while we're full service and we can do 
anything from building a website to branding to all of this, really looking at, okay, what are we super great at Mm -hmm. that we don't have to bring in extra team members on? Because we'll find a great designer for something if it's in this area or we'll do this. So we're trying to go, okay, what are we super great at Mm -hmm. that we gives us joy that Mm -hmm. feeds us every day? And then how, what are some clients in that space that we want to go after? So that's, we're getting right. We actually have a meeting scheduled tomorrow nice. <laughs> to do that with the staff and figure out like, okay, what are the things that excite you and bring you joy? And what do you want to do? And one of the things that you mentioned where we kind of go a little extra, we love kind of a brainstorming piece with clients and coming in and going, how can you optimize something and how can you do this? And we have one client that um, does, we've been with them since the company started their social enterprise and we've helped them do product concepts everything from let's sell this product to this is what the packaging is going to look like to the branding of that and that is Mm. super fun for us Um, you do love to brainstorm yes um (laughs) and see what's possible yeah and i think and i think part of that's my personality i've always been like what's possible like what could we do and how can we get there and so that for me is something i love doing but part of that is helping build up somebody else and edifying, like you could do this and this is what's possible. Yeah. So I think part of that's just who I am. I oh, like that's that. That's interesting. Cause you are good at that. You're really good. Like I know there's times you're trying to lead me into a new direction or into a deeper direction or a higher direction than what I'm going. You're like, no, 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 but you should. And, uh, what, and I'm going to comment on this. So Wally, my business partner, right. like every time I am trying to brainstorm with Wally, I love Wally. He's amazing. So that's all that. Um, he hears it as his to-do list, mm, right? right? And so I think that um, what I'm learning with him, and I'm passing this along to you, is I've watched him with you because he's like, oh my gosh, we can't execute on that. And we're like, well, no, mm. no, no, that's not the point of the conversation. Sometimes right. the point of the conversation is to see the possibilities and then you go in and build the infrastructure. Um, but I think some clients aren't good at that. I think right. some clients aren't aren't able to let go of the to-do list and what do we have to go do to execute now. And that seems to be one of your joys and right. one of your, um, I think one of the things that, that, that I value about you. So, but I think that's a hard relationship to have because you'll leave and everybody will be like, oh my gosh, that's so exciting. And then, but like, what the hell are we supposed to go do <laughs> with that? Or is anybody right. doing anything? So, right. I, so I assume you know, and I'm just offering that to you as something like you haven't heard it before, but I know that's probably one of the obstacles for you is how do you keep somebody engaged right. when you can see the vision, but yet they're still at, you know, no, 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 we're still doing basic blocking and tackling. So, right. Right. And part, that- of, part of that is we have some clients who are like, game on, let's do it. Right. Great. And they're all in. And so mm-hmm. that's the ones where it's like, awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, like this one client we threw out, okay, well, what about these new products? We haven't done new products in like two years. We out 13 new products. Oh, you know, wow. we needed to bolster the website. We need, and they were just, it's time we need to do it. And they were all in. Nice. And so that was a blast sure. doing all of that. Sure. It's also a lot of work, yep. but it was fantastic. But, you know, so we have some clients who jump and then we have some who are like, that's great. I can't do it right now. We'll think about it later. You know, Mm -hmm. and I think part of it is, is if they don't have the bandwidth in-house and they need to outsource, they go, that's budget. And they don't want to do, they're like, I can't do that right now. Um, When there are certain ways, you can probably do things a little less expensive, but some people are like, I can't, I can't get past that or they can't get out of their checklist or to-do list. And part of that's how they're made and how they're wired. And are they, is that going to be working in their strength for them? And if it's not, is there somebody else on the team that it's going to be their strength that they can help take that project forward? Sure. 
So part of that comes into delegating too. And it's hard if it's a smaller company. I mean, you have you and Wally and a couple of support and team and, um, well, and your speakers and all of that too. So, but when it's smaller, you don't have as many people to delegate and go run with this project. And if the budget isn't there then too, it's like, well, maybe not yet. Yeah. So, but I love it if somebody can kind of start to catch the vision or go, okay, maybe there could be more. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I do think that's a barrier, though, because a lot of times people that start businesses, they start them because they're really good at this one thing, mm-hmm. right? And so um, you get paid for what you can do. Right. You get paid for what you can produce. And to make that transition to be a business where you get paid for what you know and you get mm-hmm. paid for the possibility, right? That's a that's a transition a lot of businesses don't make, right? right. Um, yes. Like you don't walk in with, you know, um, okay, a, a, t- a task list that says, how can I help you? You walk in with experience. You walk in with other clients that you've done it for. And there's, there's value in that that you can bring in. And so it demands that you would charge a higher fee. I get that. I'm in that same situation, mm-hmm. right? Like people will hire me and they'll go, are you kidding me? That's what we would have to pay you to speak for an hour. And I'm like, <laughs> Actually, you're not paying me for an hour. You're paying me for the 30 years that I have done it wrong, right? Or the 30 years that I've had to learn how to be able to tell you this in an hour. So, right? So I would assume that you have people that would be like, there's no way that that should cost that much, right. but that, you know, that's, that's the rub, right? And they don't see that extra value. And it's interesting because I went to a conference for like influencers and podcasters, speakers and writers in November. And I was talking to somebody um, who's a business advisor to women and coaches and stuff. And she's like, it sounds like you do a lot of coaching with your clients, but you don't call it that. And you don't phrase it that like when you kind of do some of this brainstorming or like, or what about this or what about these things? Some of that's coaching. And mm-hmm. she's like, I think that's nothing I have ever I don't think about it that way. And Mm. I was like, oh, maybe some of that is, or kind of visioning and looking at some of the other opportunities. And um, she's like, you you could could charge for that. And I'm like, oh. (laughs) But if you could put that in a document. Right. And, and you know, I'm, so I'm saying this to yes. you like, like people aren't listening in, but if you could put that in a document that says, this is the one year, this is the three to five right. year, this is the, you know, and then when you come in, we're now talking about not if we're going to do it, but right. we're talking about when we're going to do right. it. I think we could have moved faster on some mm. of those things. Yeah. So, but you know, in that moment of trying to, you know, hustle, which as you know, we've, we're finally, you know, being able to take a breath and say no to, to right. things. But when you're, when you're scrambling in the sense that you're hustling, it's hard to think too long-term, right? right? So I assume you run into that because the first thing people would do as a small business is call you, right? So I'm a, I'm a small business and I need a website. I need a web presence. And so you're in at a very vulnerable point in right. a business's, uh, is that true though, that most of the people you that bring you in don't have a web presence at mm. all or is it now has the shift been that we, they have one but they need to improve it or they're looking for a better fit for the company that they decide to I would say they have but it's either yeah. not functioning well if it's web related if it's digital like social or google they're not really optimized um to really kind of harness it the way they can yeah. um you know and one of the things too because we'll get some customers who will come in and this is where we're when we pick and choose clients at times is they think they know what they want mm-hmm. and that's what they want you to do like execute on this and it's like, but you're marketing to yourself. That's not going to meet your goals. Right. You know, and so trying to help them understand first, like, what are your, we want to understand what your goals are. 
Because it may not be fixing this widget over here. It might be you've got to look at this new path here. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that sometimes, especially in smaller businesses that can come to us, it's like they have this idea, they know what they want or think they know what they want, um, but it may not be what they need. Gotcha. And so coaching that and having to get them where they need to go, um, because it really can vary. I mean, their goals, they might be like, well, this is what I want. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, well, it's going to, you got steps to get there, mm-hmm. you know, and this is what that's going to need to be. Well, the problem, though, is people don't know what those steps are. Right. Right. So I'm a novice to what you do. I have no idea. I can tell you in all the years we've been doing business together, like if I said, I want this to happen, I never think about all the things that are going to have to happen for that to happen. But what I've appreciated about you is that you're like, for that to happen, <laughs> right, to, to be able to separate that. And I can right. say in the beginning, um, you know, I've worked with a couple of companies before Zealot, obviously, and it just didn't, what didn't go well was the communication piece to that. Right. Even though the product was good, I can, I can even look back and say, I, I liked the website. I liked certain things. That was like, I was so vulnerable in that mm. beginning, right? I mm-hmm. mean, you deal, when you're in with people, um, I would imagine that like everything's riding on some of those conversations. Right. Because if the website doesn't sell the, you know, the product right. or if it doesn't articulate the offer in the right way or you're right. not capturing things. So it's, I have found myself um, as a client being probably too emotional or overly emotional mm. at times where that emotion doesn't really match probably what's going on mm. in your world because your world is like, listen glitches happen. Listen, but for me, I'm like, Oh my gosh, how can that happen? Uh, So is that true? Am am I unique in that? Or do you have other? No, I mean, and I think that's the, that challenge too in technology world or in Mm -hmm. digital world is things can happen. Plugins can change, you know, web updates, you know, all these things can happen that suddenly break something Mm -hmm. or that make something not work. And then it's part of it is how responsive can you be and how fast can you adapt on the fly and fix things? Um, Because you can safeguard as much as you can, and then Google is going to change an algorithm. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, there's so much of that that's just we, and we're in that every day. So we know stuff's going to happen. Yeah. You know, but I think as clients, they don't. <laughs> well, I have a super unrealistic <laughs> expectation about that. Yesterday, it even happened yesterday. I get 12 o'clock or 12.01. I got an email from some jetpack or something that said something was down. And I mean, right. like, I was like, I, I didn't send a lot of heat with it, but I was, I copied Jason, which I never do. And I'm like, and, and Kelly, I was I like, okay, I'm telling everybody because I right. don't know where everybody is. You could be on some right. wine Absolutely. tasting trip yeah. for all I know, knowing you, uh, or some RV trip or something. And like 18 minutes later, you responded with, it's fixed, it's done, yeah. no, no worries. And I just kind of giggled, just said thank you. I think I said thank you if I didn't thank you, but I think I'm I sure actually thought, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I do, like, it is super emotional, uh, you know, for, I, I would think, your the work that you do for people because their whole livelihood's sitting online and, right. you know, right? Yeah, their livelihood. And, and for most business owners, it's their baby. Yeah. Like, they want it to succeed. They want it to do well. They don't like when glitch and, and a lot of, so my, um, I'm talking, it's funny, all of these little tests, the strength finders, yes. my number two is adaptability. Okay. So I can really ride waves, roll with punches. If something comes in, I'm like, okay, this is what we have to do to fix it. And, um, where Jason doesn't have adaptability, he has, um, a really high positivity. Mm. So even if a tough situation is coming, he can be really positive in that. And what do we have to do to fix it? But what's great is like, you know, 
with that adaptability, it helps me manage clients at times when they're stressed out. Sure. Because I can kind of roll with that and be well, like, Well, you don't well, get emotional. Like, if, if I was emotional, you wouldn't get emotional. You'd be like, all right, we'll fix it. No, yeah, yeah, we'll fix it. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, though. I mean, I think... But it's... Yeah, but, I, but I think not everybody can do... Because I think we no, all have our saying. strengths and skill sets. Yeah, I would so. have fired you a long time. I, mean, I Right? <laughs> had you... I've been in that situation right. before where someone like came back with the same heat that I had. Like I'm freaked out in the moment and someone's like, you're not going to talk to me that way. I'm like, I'm not talking. I'm sending an email. I'm just saying, right. please fix. Uh, but that, that leads me to another question. So we started this with you work with your husband and all that. Right. I mean, it sounds like you all have figured out that you do have very different strengths. Is there ever, yes. is there ever a time where that is hard I mean, how do you set that aside to, you know, the business is the business, but now let's go work on, you know, we actually have a couple of kids and, you know, right. Right, right. is that hard? It is. And it takes intentionality. And then we forget. And then yeah. it's like, oh, we got, like, we're getting ready to get away for a weekend. Nice. And it's no work stuff, anything like that. And we'll be really, try to be really conscious about taking date nights where we don't talk about work. We don't talk about the kids. Don't talk about money, problems, nothing. Yeah. Just dreaming fun stuff. Yeah. Um, so those kind of things, but it is hard. And, uh, you know, when I, in the beginning, we officed out of our home for like a year and a half, not quite a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And I suddenly was like, I, this isn't working because yeah. there was never a break and you couldn't leave stuff at the office. Mm-hmm. And so that, and we had met with our business advisor at that point And he's like, if your company is going to grow and even just health of marriage, <laughs> get an office space. Yeah. Like, and we found one three blocks from our house, you know, and our and kids can come cool. over if they need to. Yeah. We can bring our dogs to work. So it has all the things about working at home we love. Yep. But we get the separation and we can lock the door and leave. And there's something that, that adds a mental component to I'm done with work for the day. I totally understand. Because when it's at home, it's I totally not like understand. That. I've been that person for 30 years. I get up and go to the office every day. Right. Right. And I know we're in a world where people work from home and, you know, but I don't know. I, I want to be able to uh, compartmentalize that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I will, you know, I'll think about that once I walk into the office. I'm not going to probably think about, about it unless I'm there, though. Right. So, so that's interesting. When, when uh, here's a question that I don't know if you have an answer to, but do you remember when you decided to bring your first staff person on or to bring another staff person on? And I'm going to tell you why I'm asking you this question. I had somebody yesterday, um, I did a, I, I did a, I had a session yesterday with a, a group and somebody came up and said, I'm, I'm a new business. Um, I'm a year in and I'm about to hire my very first person. And I could just see the fear in her eye, like, oh my gosh, if I bring somebody into the organization and now, now I'm talking to you as right. so you're, 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 you know, husband, you're both in and now to bring someone else in, it's an added expense um, that both of you will now carry. Do you remember when that happened? And then what, what was the ROI on that when you decided to do it? Yes, I do remember. And I think we went about it in a really, what turned out to be a great way unintentionally. Okay. We ended up using pro recruiters locally. Okay. Jason knows the owners. Okay. And so by doing that, we weren't having to fully hire somebody. Uh, it was through a staffing agency. Okay. So if we needed to fire him, we told the staffing agency. Isn't that, so I've never and, used a staffing company. Right. So, okay, that's good to know. So, and it, they also handle all the taxes and all of those kinds of things and background check and all of that they handle. And so we were like, okay, why don't we do this and test somebody? And because you can do, I think it's up to seven months before you need to make a decision about bringing them okay. on board or maybe it's based on hours. 
And, you know, they sent a whole first list of candidates and, and to people that are listening and maybe looking for a job. The first set of candidates, none of them had their social media locked down. Oh. And every single one of them, I found stuff that I was like, I would never hire them. Wow. So what does that mean, lockdown? I don't even know what you're Like just about. privacy settings. Like that if, unless you are one of my friends, you can't see my Facebook page. Do you know, I don't think mine's locked down. I could help you make sure it is. <laughs> but it's one of the, and because one of the but things. But I'm not applying for a job, so right, that's but, different, right? Right, but, in, and yes, I mean, I knew to look, but I'm in social media, and I do that all the time, but a lot of business owners maybe don't, but big companies are doing this, yeah. and universities are doing this, and it's not just looking for something that may be off color, mm-hmm. but you can run reports that show a, how many, how much negativity is in someone's feed, and so... If you, if I were to see that somebody like 80% of their posts were negative connotation and just upset and well, I'm not going to want to hire that kind of person. So it was interesting. The first five were like, "Mm, these aren't hitting the mark. Let me give you some more descriptions of what we're looking for. They only came back with three candidates the second time. Um, And the first one ended up being our gem, our rock star, Kelly. And that's how you got Kelly? Yes. Oh, nice. You got got lucky there. Oh, yes, we did. (laughs) Um, Literally, like we could have not written a better job description or found somebody. I mean, it was such a fluke and amazing, perfect timing, right person. And she is an all in employee. Listen, I mean, she, if your goal was <laughs> to hire someone that cares deeply about the cut, the client and, and is able to bridge that you did nail it. I mean, I, no. I, I, we do love her and appreciate that we know she's thinking, you know, she'll send like a random, hey, have you considered this? Or, hey, right. I saw this and thought of you. That's really not even about our business relationship, right? right? So it's, yeah, she was, yeah, so yeah. we're she's grateful a gem. for her. <laughs> we so. are incredibly blessed. But, and so then it came time that we have to make, like, we have to bring her on. And yep. it was a no-brainer on who it was. It was the added responsibility then of bringing on a person, our payroll, all sure. of that kind of stuff. And then adding to that, and we've had to let a couple people go that sure. we've brought on that weren't the right fit. It's made us realize going forward, we will put people through strength finders. Mm. So we had a fabulous uh, group of five with a couple interns, five or six with a couple interns we had. We made everyone take strength finders. Good, good. And um, I love all know, those, as you know, colors, Enneagram. Right. I, uh, yeah, I, th- I think that it's smart to know what you're getting. Yes. But I think ahead of time, we know now what strengths play really well together in our group and in our dynamic. Okay, so, so that's interesting. You're yes. looking for strengths, but are you... Uh, are you also looking for where are the gaps that you have that need to be filled? Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. So Yeah, because where am I not strong that they can yeah. fill in, that kind of hiring to your weaknesses? Um, but we also look personality-wise of how do they fit. Yeah. Because that's in a small company, too, that's important. It sure is. And when you've got that different personalities that just don't mesh well together, it, it becomes harder. Yeah, well, it's amplified, right? Yes. Because you look at them, you're sitting, you're sitting 30, you know, feet away from them. Or, or three. maybe five. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really close. Yeah. Right. But, but so let's go back to that. You bring the first person on, you're like, you know, oh my gosh, are we big enough? Are we, right. you know, and then that you bring them on. Can we just say, agree, you and I haven't talked about this before, but the minute that decision is made and you do that, your business grows. Yes. Right, because your bandwidth expands. Right. You get to say yes to things you're saying no to. And this is what I was trying to say. It was Christy Aspathy. I was like saying, listen, girl, you are, you're going to be, you know, a big player in, in the space that you're playing in. But 
if you continue to stay constrained by what you can do, you can't grow your voice. Exactly. And so let's just then agree that for anybody that's in that situation, um, bring that person on. I mean, yeah, maybe maybe you have to tighten your belt a little bit, but it's going to give you some freedom that you don't have without them, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and that, that was our business advisor said that too. He's like, you won't grow if you don't add to your staff. Yeah. And he's, he was incredibly right. Yeah. And, you know, when the, the more you add and the more it takes off of Jason and I as business owners running it and doing it, frees us up for other things, and you can just bring in more business. Yeah. We're kind of at that point, too, again, where we're like, oh, my gosh, are we putting too much on the staff that we have? And we're about to have that conversation. Like, do, do we, you know, look at this and some of the things that Wally and I are doing, can we push some of that to more people so that we right. can go out and do the creative things? I'm finding for me what's suffering is I don't have creative time. Mm. And, you know, when you're grinding it out and you're just doing all the time to not take that time. And you're somebody that makes creative time. Like some of my favorite conversations with you have been, oh, we're going to go to this uh, restaurant or this. Uh, we're going to go to Hawaii. We have a client that has a house like you. you right. You've been you seems to you know make sure that you make the time to stay creative. Is that true? I do for trips. I'm and I'm getting better as part of my intentionality this year is okay. I'm and part of the conference I went to in November is I'm really trying to dive back into my writing. Oh, good. So I kind of tentatively relaunched my blog. I'm considering a podcast. I'm working on a book right now. So well, really so, focusing on that. <laughs> all right. So you're going to do a podcast. What is it going to be? Tell us anything you want to tell. Listen. Oh, so uh, honestly, one of the things for me, when I restarted off the blog, the, so interesting enough, the book that I'm writing is on um, being intentionally fearless mm. when you live. Okay. So, and I don't mean like if you're scared of heights, go to the, you know, Eiffel Tower. I'm not talking about that kind of fear. But if you have that fear where somebody is presenting you an opportunity and your fear is holding you back from that. Okay. Those kind of things of just recognizing that that's going to be a great opportunity. Mm -hmm. I'm missing like mm -hmm. pushing through those kind of fears and living intentionally to not allow that to hinder your life. Nice. So that's the book I'm working on. So I was thinking as I kicked my blog back off, that was going to be a big focus on the blog. And one of the things that I'm super passionate about is, is words in the way that we can wound with them mm. we can heal with them I'm very big on freedom of speech and freedom of the press and those are all based in words um, and then feel like they're under attack right now so that to me looking at kind of a podcast focused on words and with that there's a broadness of there's so many things we could talk about yeah I could have fun one day and bring in an English professor and talk about words that we don't use anymore like yeah. crapulous you know or like what well, crapulous. What is that? It came to my mind. I can't even remember what it means now. It's just the first one I saw in this image. But it was a whole group of words that I just read recently that we don't use okay. anymore. One being gruntled. So we use the word disgruntled. Yes. But gruntled is a word. Didn't and know we that. quit using it. Yeah. But it means you're satisfied, you're happy, I'm you're good. <laughs> I'm really <laughs> gruntled to today, yeah. right? But it's not a word we use anymore. So no. that could be a really fun episode to break up from something really heavy, you know, about sure. words that have wounded or words that have healed. And how can we kind of bring peace in that? But then on the other side, how can we protect our freedom of press and get the good journalism out and the stuff that needs to happen. So. Okay. So we have our next, my next podcast with you already laid out. Oh. I know we've got to bring this to a close, but <laughs> uh, I'm sad I didn't ask about this in the beginning because this sounds uh, super exciting. So agree that we'll do this sure. again soon. Absolutely. 
All right. Well, I want to just say thank you for your time today You're welcome. for coming in. Thanks for and, having me. Yeah. And, and just thank you. Thank you for all you do, you and Jason and Kelly, I know, and your, your team. So uh, I do think we're better because mm. of our partnership with you. Well, thank we you. Really we adore you guys. That. So, I mean, we're not just saying that. All right. Thanks thank so you much. very much.